Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And one of my oldest friends in the wrestling business, Dr. Luther, returns with some crazy stories about the time he spent working in South Africa. He had things thrown at him in the ring, was almost shot by militia members, and had to explain the difference between barbed wire and razor wire to save his own life. He's also talking about his trials for ECW, WCW, and WWE, and why none of them resulted in long-term contracts. And then what happened when he finally did get offered a contract from AEW earlier this year, which of course leads to uh, tonight's big main event of Jericho and Hager versus the Chaos Project, Luther and Serpentico, Wednesday night on AEW Dynamite for the Jericho 30 celebration. Make sure you check it out and check out the uh, Luther video that was posted on Dark and posted on my Instagram, kind of explaining more about this guy and what he's done throughout the years and how big this match is for both of us. So Luther's coming up, part two, and so is a new episode of the Winnipeggers tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. Dave Spivak and Ribo are doing uh, Maiden Winnipeg with me uh, as an Iron Maiden. We're telling the story in all its drunken glory about the time we went to see Iron Maiden at the Los Angeles Forum in 2008 with Gabe and Eli Roth. Included a stop in Las Vegas, a run-in with Courtney Love, and a backstage hang with members of Anthrax, Slayer, and Metallica. So check out the new episode of the Winnipeggers tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. All right, let's get to Dr. Luther Part 2, right here, right now, on Talk is Jericho. All right, so after the amazing Part 1, which at this time, neither one of us are quite remembering <laughs> exactly what we talked about, but it's the return of Dr. Lusa, Dr. Rusa. Uh, but even though you're hearing this a few weeks later, or months, or whatever... Uh, this is the next night, and you had another match night. It's the first time you've worked twice in a row here in AEW. Tired. Beat up. <laughs> yeah? Front it was awesome. How was it? Like, Because uh, you had this is your third match, so you had, but you had two successively mm -hmm. here in AEW. And one was like a, uh, I guess, hardcore match. Mm -hmm. And I got beat up pretty good. It was awesome. <laughs> I love it. And then today's was, uh, I just did my thing. It was an enhancement match. Enhancement match. Which is interesting because we were talking about how for Dark they're doing a lot of enhancement matches, but a lot of the guys don't understand what the concept of an enhancement match is. I had an enhancement match tonight too with Pineapple Pete, mm -hmm. and I was explaining to some of the guys, because a lot of guys got hurt, and they're giving too much to the guys. Mm -hmm. And this is not being a jerk, it's just that's how wrestling works. There's, there's, there's levels, hierarchy. And when you're a contracted performer against a non-contracted performer, you basically... You need to put yourself on what you can do over. Because mm -hmm. at that point, that's when you're selling yourself, your wares to the people. Yeah, and a lot of, I think a lot of guys came from the, from the mindset of like, well, we have to have a good match every night. And if you're working on the indies and you're going to you know, Tacoma on a Saturday and Seattle on a Sunday and Everett on a Monday... You want to have oh, who's doing Saturday, Sunday, Monday? <laughs> no, no, I was like thinking that would have been rad. Right. Friday's not a good night for wrestling. Whatever. What? Um, is, is that it's you, not a golf <laughs> <down. laughs> But you want to try and uh, have the best match possible. When you get these enhancement matches, it's mm -hmm. the rare time when you can, like you said, show off all your stuff. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the guys now didn't understand that and think they're supposed to have these fifty-fifty matches. You did not have that tonight. I did not. Uh, he punched me a couple times. Right, like, but that's me once. but that's the era that we came up with was was the. And I didn't even show all my stuff because there's going to be more. Like, did you ever do any enhancement matches as an enhancement talent? 
Uh, like in Stampede or? Yeah, when I started. Because, yeah. you know, when you start, that's kind of your role to right. just get in there. Uh, I remember, like, it wasn't Stampede. It was, like, CNWA wrestling. Um, when I got in there, that's what I was. And I remember wrestling Ron Ritchie, who was, like, the big – he was the champion there. Yeah. And I did, like, you know, six minutes with enhancement for him. And he really li he liked me because I listened. And then he asked to wrestle me again. And we went longer, and he gave me more. And then he asked to wrestle again. And I think I wrestled him, like, four or five times. I remember one time uh, he was still the champ, and we went to Edmonton. And we, we got, like – 20 or 30 minutes and he gave me like a ton of it like on a house show yeah yeah mm. but he gave me like most probably 70 because he liked to sell he was a good that was his whole thing right mm -hmm. big yeah, yeah I, remember, I remember the ron richie sell he'd be like oh and begging that's with the actually hands where i learned to do baby face selling because it was great he was a great baby face seller, yeah. yeah but he gave me a tons of like and i was just kind of earning my stripes with him you know what i mean because i listened didn't hurt didn't hurt him. That's the big thing. And you can work. Yeah. Rule number one, don't hurt the signed talent. Right. We I had mean, three guys go down tonight from that yeah. happening. Yeah. You know, I remember Ron Ritchie when we first started, he was like super nice, but like he, at, at this point he was just kind of a weekend warrior, but he was one of those guys that was like, um, what's the, uh, the chick from Siren Live that's always sad? Oh, Debbie Downer. Oh, yeah. Oh. Ronnie Downer. <laughs> I drove back from Edmonton one time and he drank like a case of beer on the three hour ride and was like that the whole time. But he told he's like, you know, you guys, you look so great, you work so hard, but the but the business is done. If you would have come out ten years early, you guys would make huge money, maybe huge stars, but now you basically don't have a chance. And this was like nineteen ninety and I'm just like <laughs> wah, 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 wah. My other favorite Ron Ritchie thing is his opponent one time was in the ring waiting for him. And his song played all the way through. I was there. And then it played again. What did it play like five times or four times? And they're like, where's Ron? Everyone's running. Around. He was in the bathroom taking a, taking a dump. <laughs> and, his, and his music just kept playing. <laughs> like four or five times through. And how long is the song? Like three, four minutes? <laughs> how long is the dump here? <laughs> like, and do you not know that you're probably on at some point? <laughs> like, uh, dude. I, uh, I, I, the, the last match Gene Kaniski ever had, the, the great Gene Kaniski, was as me and Lance Runst I remember that Runstorm's partner and his music was playing and he was sitting there like you know the old timers they would sit there with no pants on like, with their boots with their boots <laughs> I remember Bob Brown would pay us with his one hand on his oh on his God. and the other hand so gross and he rubbed it around and then tried to like pay you with the same one hand, hand. with his wheel ski and one hand with the money and you wanted the money but you didn't want the <laughs> the Frank's That's and like beans juice but he was he was sitting there with no pants on and his music and well, he didn't know what music was playing it was our music I think it was like Firehouse Overnight Sensation something that fit him was, really good that was our music though <laughs> and he's like I'm like uh, uh, Gene this is our he's all oh, this is our music okay he put it's the classic old school old timer he finishes his cigarette takes the last drink of whatever he's drinking crushes out the cigarette stands up then pulls up his pants <laughs> then goes all right boys let's go. And we go to the ring. I'm like, that's your warm-up? Pulling up your pants and smoking a cigarette? Well, that was my warm-up tonight other than the cigarette part. You just so, pulled up your pants? Yeah, pulled up my pants. Kind of. Pulled them down, pulled them up, pulled them down. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's warm-up. It's the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Uh, he goes, uh, I told my wife, if you want to have sex, pull my wiener once. If you don't want to have sex, pull my wiener a hundred times. So we left off part one, the exciting uh, episode part one, which was great. And we were talking about like basically thirty-three years career and also thirty years of friendship that we have. We could probably mm -hmm. do ten podcasts, 
but we wanted to focus more. Um, we talked about Japan last time and kind of more the Calgary and that sort of kind thing. Kind of always talked about kind of that, bring up that equipment. Yeah, but yeah. we wanted to talk about your South Africa because you really wanted to bring this up because South Africa, is, I've never been there. So hmm. this is something that you know a lot about. And so let's kind of talk about the whole South Africa scene and, and tell us kind of what you did there. Um, over, well, over it was year. really crazy there. Um, so I got booked as Gamma Singh was going there, and he was crazy popular. He was like Hulk Hogan there. Gamma was a guy that worked in Calgary for years. He's with Impact As a now, top heel. He's with Impact, yeah. yeah Don yeah, Bottom is yeah, Impact. Yeah, It's super nice guy. But why was he so popular in South, America, South Africa? Because he's just Indians gone there? there for a lot, a lot of Indians there. Gotcha. And he's been there a bunch and uh, over like a rover. Right. Like it was crazy, which is kind of was kind of weird because in Calgary, he was always like the most hated villain. Karachi Vice. Yeah, yeah, ever. And then there he's like uber baby face. So was he putting together a tour and brought some Calgary guys? So they were guys? putting together, they got, brought some Calgary guys. And um, I'll tell this story. We'll go back to it. But this this little story here, I'll, I'll skip to We're going to go all over the place again. It's going to be all over. Right. So anyways, I go there, do the tour. But coming home... From that tour, I get stopped in England. We have to go through England or whatever. And they wouldn't let me um, get, on, get on the plane. So I flew all the way to South Africa to do the tour, halfway back, and then they wouldn't stop because they're, they're on my tickets to St. Clair, but my, 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 all my ID does not say St. Clair. And she's like, well, that's a different name. And I was like, what? She's like, You're, this is a different name. And so I look, and, and I was like, oh, that's like my – wrestling name or my stage name and they wouldn't believe me and so then i had to try to tell them like no this is but i flew all the way there with it saying st Clair the whole time and no one even said anything and this is like pre 9 11 oh, yeah, way where you, you know, it was like you might be able to get with that. and there's also like nowadays sometimes it happens if i check into a hotel it's like well it's just a uh, chris Irwin on your id but chris jericho i can always go google something go this oh, is Chris Jericho, yeah. same guy. You couldn't do that then. Nope, couldn't do that. And uh, I just had to like kind of sweet talk. How'd you get through it? I just tried oh, to tell man. him like this this is a stage name and Use I was with a couple charm. other guys and we were yeah. Another time going to South Africa from Japan, I went to do a tour of Japan and I came back. Something was with my visa at the time was run out and the the guy stopped me and wouldn't let me in and I basically bullied him. Like I just came the uh, real <laughs> You know what? I get real quiet for a minute and my <laughs> eyes get all That's dilated. Yeah. yeah. And then I started like kind of yelling at him and he's like, oh, and he stamped my thing and let me through. That would never fly now. No. I would have been put in jail. That happened to me one time when we were on a Fozzie tour or somewhere. I had the light up jacket and this was a bad decision, which I used to do. It would be drink all night on the bus ride back to the airport and then just go straight to the airport. You'd have to wait three, four hours and still keep drinking. And then by the time you go to the customs, you're even more loaded. And I had the light-up jacket with me, and it wouldn't uh, – he's like, well, what, what is this? And I go to the little German room, and it's like, it's a light-up jacket, dude. And I have no time for this because I know what it is, but some people see this, and they think, oh, there's wires and uh, batteries. Oh, it's yeah. better than some kind of bomb. It's bomb. And it's like, it's not. It's a light-up jacket. He goes, well, turn it on. I go to turn it on, and the batteries were dead. It wasn't working. Oh, I got so pissed. I was like, give me the jacket. I'm getting it. It's just stupid. Give me some batteries. Give me it. And I'm like, what am I doing? But I can't stop. Thankfully, I, there was an English guy in there who was a fan. Who got me out? But I'm like, nice. God, you can't be yelling at. But the- you get on a roll and you, yes, can't, stop. you can't stop, right? Yeah, that's how. Uh, that's what happened to me. But the guy let me in, and I was like, Why? Well, just totally bullied my way in. So you go to you go to South Africa so, with Gamma. Go to South Africa with Gamma. It was we would perform in like tennis stadiums, packed, 
30,000 people. Mm. Like, it was crazy. Or, like, huge arenas, it's like, sold out, which is probably the biggest crowd. How long like, was the tour? I did five tours there, and that one was... I want to say it was like a month, maybe. Or so you would go over for months. You would do these shows. Paul came up. on the first one with me. Paul was on Paul the Lazenby, first. Yeah. yeah. Would this be bigger than like a Tokyo Dome crowd? Or um, not Tokyo Dome, whatever you go. What do you used to do? Oh, Yokohama Stadium. No. Oh, I would say. Wow. A little bit less than that, maybe. Yeah, gotcha. but it was like a lot. But the, the difference is, like Japanese crowds really respect the wrestling and and they love it. And over there, they, I don't know, I wouldn't say they respected it because they would try to kill us or stab us or hit us with things. <laughs> um, so coming back from, there was this overhang to get to our dress rooms and people would like, hit you with sticks, like sticks or throw rocks or throw batteries. or throw, really? Yeah. And so I came up, I was, I just grabbed a chair and would hold it over my head and then you could hear it like hitting. And then all of a sudden they know now everyone's doing that. Like too. hail on the yeah. roof of your car. But it was scary as hell. And I, I knew something was wrong. Like, so we get there and there's like, is it militia? Is that the army guys? Is that yeah, the militia. right word? Militia. So there's like militia guys there or army guys or something. And um, they all have like, there's, there's German shepherds everywhere and they got like, Big machine These guys guns. are on your side. Yeah, they're like the security. Wow. And I was like, I mean, I've been in a lot of arenas, a lot of different venues. I've never seen armed security. Yeah. And I'm like, so when I see that, I mean, the first thing that goes in my head is like, this is not good. Or the, you know what I mean? Like, right. so. And then the fans are crazy. My first tour there, the wrestling was rounds, like mm. British style, like five rounds of three minutes or right. something. Which, have you done that when you were in England? Uh, it was Hamburg. They had rounds, but they stopped it right before the first show because WWE was there at that point. So I didn't okay. wrestle the rounds. It's hard because as a heel, you have to try to build up heat, and all of a sudden, boom, end, and then you got to start over. It's like a thirty-second break in between. Yeah, and then you got to try to get everything back. Mm -hmm. Like everything's killed at that time, you know. And so, were you were you Doctor Luther at that point? I went the, as the Atomic Punk, uh -huh. and. Uh, but they called me something on the posters too. Auto I think they wrote automatic punk or something. <laughs> <laughs> kind of kills the whole. And then uh, Paul was a death wolf Fenris when they wrote deadly wolf or something. <laughs> <laughs> just lazy. <laughs> ah, just put deadly so wolf. It's fine. So yeah, we did that. Did that tours and um, it was pretty crazy. Like another tour, I remember being there. One of the guys got stabbed by a fan for like twenty six stitches or something crazy. Right. Um, so they're pretty crazy there. Super crazy. There was, it was two, um, two different promoters would run, and but they'd share the talent. So it was kind of divided. It was sort of like two tours, but they each had the same shows. And uh, one of the guys was an East Indian guy that owned all these um, hotels and things like that. So that's where he made his money and that's where we stayed. Mm -hmm. And the other guy was this guy from Yugoslavia that was there that was uh, like a pimper or something like a that. Pimpster, a pimpster? Because we stayed at a brothel. That's where he put us up in Johannesburg. Well, so <laughs> Johannesburg was like the murder capital of South Africa. At one point I, heard, I read when we were there, it averaged like 50 murders a day or something like that. Didn't you say that people were walking on the streets with like AIDS infested needles and would just stab people? Yeah, it was crazy. And then um, I know that we ha all had bodyguards when we were there. And we were told like when we were in, in this Hillsborough place, uh, Paul knows, has a way better memory than me, mm -hmm. but 
we're we were told not to go out on our own. Hmm. Like if you go anywhere, you we've need had that before though in certain areas. Like I remember, like in like like India was like that, and like Colombia was it's like scary, that. Scary, yeah. right? Yeah. Don't leave this compound that we're on. And then um, at nighttime, like all you can hear is like screaming and guns and sirens, oh and it was like a war almost. Were you guys getting good payoffs? Uh, I mean, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was Japan money, but right. I can't remember how much I made. To tell you the truth, but it, I mean, it was good enough to go there. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you're you're still sort of struggling, you go anywhere that right. offers yeah. you a tour. Plus, it's, it's, there's adventure. And, yeah, you're going South Africa. New. I mean, shit. And so we go to this hotel, and as soon as you walk in, there's you got to go through like like a jail cell gates or whatever. And they buzz you through, and then you go through another one. Then there's this big sand pit that says disarm your firearm. So you got to shoot your bullet in there or something like that. Oh, like to get rid of the bullets? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is – like we never see stuff right. like this that. This is so a that was, side that was crazy. And then you get through another gate. Like it's like getting into Fort Knox. And then um, we want to eat. And then they're like, oh, there's a family restaurant. So to get to this family restaurant, you got to walk through this little kind of like a casino thing with all these slot machines and stuff. And then it goes into another room, which is like a nightclub, like a full-on nightclub. And I didn't really pay attention because, like, I was just – you know when you get super hungry, it's like that's all you can think about. Right. So I'm just like want to find it. So then I walk through this nightclub and I look in the back and I can see in, in these big letters it says family restaurant. So I was like, this is weird that you, to get a family restaurant. So I walk in there and I'm looking at the menu. So you t- you tell me before I get it, what would you think? What does family restaurant mean? That would be kind of like a Denny's, eggs, bacon, yeah. uh, hamburgers, you know, maybe spaghetti, that sort of stuff. Yeah, like on a Sunday, Saturday morning, you take like the grill. Yeah. You go for, yeah. So we go in there and I'm looking and the waitress comes up and, and then I see what I want. And so I go to what, what I do all the time. I point at it and I go to tell her I look up, totally topless. And I'm like, this says family restaurant <laughs> outside in big letters. And I look, and I look back down, and I look. I remember looking around the table, and everybody's just looking at I was like, so I was just like, oh, I'll get the number 17. Um, <laughs> it's the Puerno family restaurant. It's the, yeah. So, and then when, after we eat, I'm still like thinking this is really weird. And then we go back out to the, to the nightclub, and then like all these, you know, everyone's on you. And I was like, oh, this is like. A Filipino den or something, right, right. and then I realized we're in a bra. He put us up in a brothel, or he owned it, or I don't even know. But I just stayed in my room. And then he, we, they made us share. Like it was this little tiny room, and it was me, Paul, and PN News had to share a room. <laughs> which it's like eight hundred pounds of man, gross. <laughs> <laughs> but we all shared this. This yeah, it was it was crazy, and it was loud all the time because stuff going on, but. That was that place. And then, um, I mean, we went to other places. All right, but we need to talk about how you ended up becoming uh, one of the top guys in South Africa, main adventure there. And we'll do that after I tell you about one of my daughter Cheyenne's top-rated possessions, her Helix mattress. She loves sleeping uh, like all teenagers do, and I think her Helix mattress makes it even harder to get her out of bed these days. And the reason why Cheyenne loves her Helix mattress because it's the perfect mattress for her. She took the Helix sleep quiz, and that quiz determined which mattress she should get The quiz takes like two minutes and asks questions like, do you sleep on your back or your stomach or your side? Do you like firm or soft mattresses? Do you move around a lot at night? Asks you a few other things as well. And then the results of your quiz will tell you which Helix mattress you should buy. 
So Cheyenne took that quiz, got her results, and we should uh, said that we should get her the Moonlight Lux mattress, and we did. And you keep hearing from me, Cheyenne loves it. She says it's the best sleep she's ever had. Helix has a specific mattress for everybody's unique taste. You don't have to take our word for it, though. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Jericho. Take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that's going to give you the best sleep of your life. Helix has a 10-year warranty, and you get to sleep on the mattress for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but trust us, you're going to love it. And right now, Helix is offering up $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash Jericho. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Jericho. For up to $200 off, try it risk-free for 100 nights, helixsleep.com slash Jericho. And before we continue, I just want to give a tribute and a uh, 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 shout-out uh, to the legendary Eddie Van Halen, who passed away uh, just yesterday. Uh, today, actually, as I'm recording this, just found out about it uh, about an hour ago. And one of the greatest of all time, and um, I posted this on Instagram, when you're a step up from being the greatest guitar player of all time, your name is Eddie Van Halen. Thank you for the riffs, Eddie, the solos, the good times, the energy, the attitude, the amazing live shows, and that smile. Oh, that I'm bringing whiskey to the party tonight, and I don't need a glass because it already comes in a bottle type smile. God bless you, Edward Van Halen. Your work with Van Halen and your music has done more to make the world a happier place than you'll ever know. And one more thing, after taking Neil Peart, Kobe Bryant, and now EVH from us, 2020, will you kindly just fuck off already? All right, thanks for all your work, Eddie, and uh, thanks to Luther for returning here on Talk is Jericho. Let's get back to the action. How did you start to, like, become kind of one of the bookers there, whatever it was that you were doing? You were doing... I never booked. Well, I mean, you were one of the kind of the top guy. Yeah, eventually, because I did a couple tours, and then I stayed there for a while, too, for like a year or so, but... I remember For the reasons we shan't discuss. <laughs> but, yeah, girl stuff. Right? Well, my own. But, um, and let me just for, uh, interject here is that we went to, uh, I had gotten you into WAR, Dr. Luther, mm-hmm. and you were doing great. And then you made the, the smart decision to move from Canada to yeah. South Africa, which doubled their flight costs and kind of halved your tours. <laughs> yeah, kind of in half, but... Hey, we do strange things, don't we? <laughs> I did it for love. Sometimes the nanny talks. Then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, um, so you were there for a year. So, so one of the also one of the weirdest things. Some guy wanted to. He want. So I'll tell you about two different companies. Another two different companies that worked there. So this guy kept getting a hold of me. Hey, I want to start running. Come, want to start running shows and. I'm a promoter and like he's telling all this stuff and I'm like you know when dudes are not promoters you can tell them all the way but he's wanting to throw this big money at me so I was like sure I want this and so I gave him this huge hefty price because I knew thought that would scare him away but he totally said okay so he paid me all up front I was like well this is crazy then he's wanting to take like pictures of me working out on the beach and training for it and all this and I was like this is weird but he's like oh it's for magazines and I was like alright whatever so I do it and then comes time for the show and it's um, there's one guy down in South Africa named Tornado he was the only guy that could wrestle Tornado right yeah the rest 
every other dude there was terrible. Mm. Like, terrible. Sorry. Like, hardly trained. Oh, my God. Shit, yeah. So, put it this way. We were on the bus going to a show one time, and this guy's talking. He's like, yeah, how long have you been working? And I think at the time, I'd been working like 13, 14 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, 13 years. And so, the guy's like, oh, seven years or whatever. And he's like, oh, I've been working like 24 years. And I look at him, and I'm like, wow, dude, you look young. Like, 24 years. It's like, and so I was like, how old are you? And he's like, oh, 26. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you've been working 24 years? Dude, he was in the baby wrestling league. Well, he goes, yeah, my uh, dad took me to wrestling when I was 20. I was like, you know it doesn't work that way. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I, that's what, I was like, so I played in the NHL. <laughs> right, right, right. I was an Iron Maiden. Yeah. I, I, was, I sang, played guitar, and bass. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, I remember, like, like a Bob Puppets or something, God bless him. Uh, where it'd be like, I've been working for 10 years. And imagine he had 16. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> One or two a year. Yeah. And, and so he was, but he was like totally straight faced, totally believed all. And so I was like, so I finally was like, and he, and he kept talking to these guys. And I was sitting there and I couldn't take because I was like, oh my God. So I was like, when did you physically start training? He's like, oh, like a year ago. I was like, oh, so you've been working a year. Yeah. That's how it works. You know, as right. like, not, not more than that. Right, right, right. Um, so, but that's their logic. Like mm-hmm. every guy there, that was their logic, except for Tornado, who was actual, seemed like he had, he was smart and he was pretty good actually. So he's like this, this promoter guy books me and, and Tornado for this. It was at a fair and the fair was pretty big and it was like, oh, that's cool. So we get there and there's a ring, which I don't know how he got a ring, but he had a, hit the ring and then I had my own dressing room and, um, I did not have a rider. I should have thought of that yeah, back then. Right. Yeah, you're smart, man. Rider, yeah. You're smart. So I get in there, and um, so I was like, well, where's the other boys? And they're like, oh, Tornado's in his dress. I was like, no, like the rest of the boys. He's like, oh, no, just you two. I was like, you booked a whole show with just two guys? They're like, us, dude. And he's like, oh, yeah, what was I supposed to do? I was like, and I was like, I thought you said you were a promoter. Like, this isn't a show. Right. This is like one exhibition or whatever. So... Then he comes back a little bit later. He's like, oh, I got a couple more matches. <laughs> and I was like, where did you get? He's like, oh, I have some guys that were out. So I was like, so you're just pulling people out of the audience to <laughs> wrestle, right? So that was the show. He's just getting people to wrestle. And then it's nighttime, like, because we start later. We had to do something else, which I'll, I'll, I'll jump to after this part, little promo we did for the show at the fair that almost got me killed. But so it was nighttime and it's time for our match. So I go out and it's pitch black. And you you know when you can – so at nighttime when you can sort of see, see things like – but you can't see things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see the ring and I can see there's a lot of people there. And I was like – so I, I, but I was looking around. I was like, so you're turning the lights on when we start? And he's like, the what? And I was like, where are the lights? And he's like, oh, I didn't get lights. So I was like, are you expecting us to wrestle in the pitch black in front of these people? It's like, well, I didn't think of that. It's like, they could have done like we did in Mexico one time, and the same happened. They just turned on some car headlights. That's what this guy did. <laughs> so he pulled cars around, but the problem is the lights are too low, straight in your eyes, and you can't see the ropes or anything. <laughs> so I had him turn uh, the one side, or actually like two sides or whatever, of no car, so the lights are just coming one way. And I tried just to work off the one side of the ring the whole time <laughs> so that I could kind of see. But I was like, oh, it was terrible. So he set up this thing, though, earlier in the day in the fair. They had um, 
a radio station and, and over there there I think there's only like one or two stations it was you know back then and uh, so they had this uh, like camper van thing that's where the radio was in there or the DJ or whatever so me and Tornado were supposed to go do interviews so I told Tornado to go first and talk and then I was gonna like barge in there because um, I was the big heel and then demand that this is my time you know the whole yeah, the whole shtick but they totally believe in like believe everything's real there. Tornado is a cop in real his real day job or whatever. So he's in there and he's talking. And then I slam the door open and then I I go in there and I start screaming at him about this is my time and then I start screaming at the DJ that like how dare you book times and now it's him. So I had some buddies listening to this as we're as it was all happening and he they said it went dead air. And it's never gone dead air. Like, they it just stopped. So this DJ guy freaked out. And then, because I start pushing Tornado and I'm yelling because we're doing the whole shtick. And he, so he hits, like, abort on the on the, <laughs> the feed and, and then runs out. And I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy. So then I turn to leave. And as I walk out, I hear, get down, get down on the ground. I look up and there's, like, 10 dudes with machine guns pointed at me what? and i'm like well yeah like like army guys or the militia guys yeah, yeah. and because they thought i was hijacking the radio station <laughs> so they called like these these dudes <laughs> in and so like i go down on my knees and i'm like i'm scared shitless because the all i can think of is one of these idiots is going to shoot me by accident right. And I'm like down, my hands are up, and I've never been in trouble before or whatever. And I, so, and then I'm down the ground. They're like, "Get down, get down!" I'm like down. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And then the DJ guy's like, "Yeah, that's him." I can hear him yell, "That's him!" And then Tornado comes out and he's like, trying to tell him, "Like, no, I'm a cop, and this is a show, a show." And so they take the sergeant. The sergeant guy goes to talk with Tornado and the promoter, but then keeps everybody guns pointed at me, like I'm not allowed to move. And then they go talking, and then they come out, and then he just waves everyone off, and they go. And I'm like, that was one of the Dude, scariest moments ever. Yeah. But what they just the believed just it. Goes off. That's yeah. what I said. Like, one of these idiots just, hair, you know, pulls a hair trigger or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And so I should have known to walk away from that because I was earlier in the day, and then at nighttime we had no lights and nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that was, that was like, super crazy. Um, but so when you were living there for the year mm – -hmm. Did they start having matches? Because you mentioned that yeah, you, we do tours, like something like you you were a pioneer in South Africa. So I had the first barbed wire match in South Africa. Me and Tornado. Mm -hmm. um, I think we had like eighteen thousand people. This big arena. Um, How are you drawing eighteen thousand people? Are you on TV or? Um, they didn't have TV, but they promoted. I think gotcha. probably on TV. And there's the thing is, this is the '90s still. They had like one channel there. Good point. Two channels. Even it, wasn't it was like only it was like now. twenty years ago, twenty five years ago. It might as well have been 100 compared to what we do with that. there was nothing to do. It's like when we used to wrestle and go to towns, we'd still drop pretty good. It's like because there's nothing to do. Where's the wrestling at? Yeah, where's yeah. the wrestling? Are you, are you the big show? <laughs> and when, then – When did you get asked if you were the big show? Remember I did some reservation. I've been asked two times, a couple times, if I was the – where's the big show? Another one asked, kept asking me if I was uh, the rock. <laughs> um I, and I, well, I kind of look like The Rock. Oh, I yeah. You got the dashing good looks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a little better, but, you know, I'm not going to. That's splitting hairs. That's nitpicking, so, isn't it? That's nitpicking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
So it, it was crazy. So we're having that one was a really crazy show too because I don't usually walk out to like look at the ring. Like even in our shows now, like sometimes I'll go out and walk around the ring you just to see what is just see what's up. But I, I I've only gone in there to you know practice sort of one time. I practiced one move with mm. QT one time to see how my my arm right, was right. doing because I won't do a move if I'm not good at mm. it. So there was a move which is I, a very veteran thing that you learn over time. If you're not good at it, don't do no, it. No, I won't do it. Right. And so there was a move I used to do until I tore my triceps, so I wasn't sure how I would be at it. So I went to practice it with one of the enhancement guys, and I I could do it, but it didn't look how I'd want it to look, so I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I came up with something else. Never do stuff you're not used to. Right. You know? Never do something for, for the first time on live TV. No. I won't do a move for me, and I won't even do a move for you, even if it's a move right. you do. If I'm not going to be good at it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you because I'm going to make it look like crap, and it's going to look bad for you and for me. Right. And to me, I never get mad at a guy, even your status. If you, you shouldn't be mad at me, and I don't get mad because being honest. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like there's certain things totally you can't being do. honest. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's stuff you like. We talked like. You're not going to be able to do everything out I there. I can't do a leg drop. I have the worst leg drop in the world. So you don't do it. Never. Yeah. Haven't done one ever. See? There you go. So you <laughs> If I ever work, I'm just going <laughs> to leg drop me. <laughs> leg drop me. Tackle drop down, leg drop. No. Leg uh, drop it. So you said you never, you never went to the ring. So, but for some reason, I'm in the dress room, and I'm like, you should walk down the ring. Um, and I don't know. You ever get sometimes that sixth yeah. sense, I guess? Yeah. So I walk down there, and it's not barbed wire on the ropes. It's razor wire. Have you ever seen razor wire? Oh, yeah. They look like – and I was – so I'm looking. It's I was razors. Like, it's razors on barbed wire. Right. Legit on, razors. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so I was like, nope. And they're like, what do you mean? And this is barbed wire. I was like, this is not barbed wire. It's, this is razor wire. And he's like, no. He wants to argue with me about it. And I was like – so I draw my picture because there's no – you know, you don't phone to – bring up stuff like two by 11 so i was like do you guys have this in your country and they're like oh yeah i was like that's barbed wire this is razor wire i was like i was like the barbed wire will hurt you hurts right razor wire kills i was like that's a huge difference you drew a picture on a napkin with like two inches by (laughs) 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 it's exactly what i did so, but, but because you had had barbed wire matches, or Saibu called them bob wire matches. Yeah, but I've had many barbed wire yeah. matches. Now, these are legit barbed wire in FMW, right? Yeah, like right. sticking you. Because when we hurt. had one with me and Beef Wellington in Calgary, which was, hey, by the way, the first barbed wire match in Canada, it's Mr. True. South Africa. Well, uh, wire match. Wire match. <laughs> well, hold on. We cut the barbs off you one did. side, and of course, I ended up in the wrong side. Where there was barbs. And got it. And that's hard to get out of that shit, too. Yeah, you get stuck in it. And, and, I, yeah, and you can't move to pull it out. I've been stuck many times hanging. One time I in Japan, I got hit. I threw, got thrown into it. And I hit it. And I was literally wrapped up hanging with just my feet on the ring apron. And I was hanging over. Oh, my gosh. Like, over the, kind of over the floor. And I, and I couldn't get up. Like, if you move, it hurts. If you stay, it hurts. And But I couldn't even get the momentum to yeah. try to get up. So that I had to, to get the young young girls or young I don't remember who did it was trying to push me from the floor and I think Goto maybe grabbed me to pull me back because I was just You're they could have like left me hanging there the whole time because I couldn't move like I was talking about leaving me hanging it's true Dun-dun-dun. I was like just sitting there and then I'll said like before we said like the long hair would get caught in it mm. all the time Triple H hit me with a barbed wire bat once on top of the hell in the cell 
that legit. I don't, that, obviously, they gimmicked it a little bit, but it got stuck in my hair and ripped my hair up. Yeah, it's the worst. It just wraps in there. Yeah. Um, so you get, that's why I started braiding my hair because at first I didn't braid my mm. hair. I just put it like in a ponytail, mm. and then but it would still be like all over the place. So then you drew those pictures of the barbed wire, and you can pick up the story from there. But first, I want to share an important reminder from our friends at NHTSA. Distracted driving is a serious problem on our roadways, leading to the deaths of thousands of people and injuries in the hundreds of thousands each year. When you take your eyes off the road and your focus off the road, even for a second, it can be deadly, not just for you, but for other drivers, pedestrians, and bicyclists. Sadly, many Americans use their cell phones while driving, whether it's texting, checking emails, scrolling media feeds, or any other form of distraction, drivers are putting themselves and others around them at great risk. It's important to know that 48 states ban texting and driving. Also, 21 states prohibit all drivers from using cell phones while driving. Distracted drivers are not only putting people at risk, they're also breaking the law. Look, it's dangerous to use your cell phone behind the wheel, and that's why law enforcement officers write tickets and enforce hands-free and anti-texting and driving laws. When you're driving, put down your phone, keep your hands on the wheel, your eyes on the road, and your mind on the task of driving at all times. Remember, you drive, you text, you paint. So when you're talking about you drew the pictures of the barbed wire, did they actually come back and get so you they, barbed wire? they changed it and they put barbed wire up. Gotcha. Um, so we're in this, we're in this show... I got awesome heat when I was there. Like, I was really hated, um, which is weird. I don't know how people could hate me. I just got such so a sparkling lovable. personality. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so. Uh, uh, bubbly. Yeah. My mom says I'm awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm getting tons of heat over there, and I'm probably – you know, it's the nice. So I'm probably not too PC about everything, but everybody's hating me. And they start crushing up cans and like serrating the edges. Oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden, and there's a, I did this in, in Vancouver like four years ago where I got heat and they were just littering the ring with stuff. And I did it with Natch on a show where they're just littering, yeah. like, Throwing for some reason, people want to throw stuff at me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why, but it should be money. That'd be okay. Mm. But so they started throwing these cans and I started getting hit and the ref got hit a couple times and got cut bad. And they're just lit and like, I can't go anywhere. So these guys are throwing tables in the ring and I'm like, we're hiding underneath tables until all the, everyone's done throwing stuff so I could leave. It was, mm. yeah, that was really crazy. Um, and that was at the beginning of the night when I just went in to cut a promo before they even put everything up. So got really good heat. It was a great match. Um, big pop when he won. Um, we actually he threw you in the barbed wire. Yeah, and then he ended up pinning me. Like I worked, but like I hate when I watch like deathmatch guys now that hit everything like right off the bat. That never makes sense to me. I right. always milked it. You know what I mean? Like it should mean something. Like when you finally get it. Yeah, totally. Um, these guys will just hit stuff right away. I'm like, whatever. So but, obviously, once again, we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. But you mentioned being such a pioneer with the. Death matches and, and so. Well, I don't know if I was a pioneer, but like I was there well, kind of the when they one. starting. That's when a they pioneer. Were starting, so. so my point is this: so so with all the stuff that you had done, mentioned being a top star in Japan at, at a very young age, South Africa. Same I sent thing. you the picture today. Too, you did of, uh, choking uh, out uh, Wada, yeah, yeah. and you're literally choking him out. If you guys yeah. listen to part one, but let's talk about we mentioned uh, on the last episode about how you signed with AW, and we talked earlier about having two matches in a row and. But this has been a long time coming of signing. Like, we were all, like, kissing babies and slapping hands and slapping babies and kissing hands 
when you signed your contract because it was like it was like a real like oh. Rudy like yeah. dream come true you know like the guy. I was actually speechless I remember when they offered me the contract I thought they were revving me I tell, actually, tell that story quick that's great so Daniels and Cody took me in a room and Chris Daniels said Cody wants to talk to you yeah and this is after you'd been there for oh. two three months and we forgot to I thought I was getting fired because well, you had signed two five show deals yeah. or whatever it was so like, you're they were signing you f for five and then they'd give you another five and yeah but there's nothing guaranteed and then sometimes i would just do promos right you know and so get daniels comes to get you so well the thing is i thought it was over something else like you thought you're getting fired i thought i was gonna get let go or whatever so because i mean i've had that it's happened every time i've had that hey can you come and see us or whatever and i'm like so I go in there and uh, I'm like, oh my God, this is not going to be good. And I'm like, I get like a little anxiety once in a while. So, and then my brain starts going crazy and I'm like, oh, this is not good. So I go in there and um, yeah, they, they offered me a full contract or whatever. And three year um, deal or two year deal. Or yeah. And then, um, but at first, and so they're offered and I was just like sort of sitting there didn't know what to do or what to say and then but they're looking at me and they're kind of smiling and so i thought they're ribbing me <laughs> and I, so i said straight up i was like are you ribbing me and cody i don't know if yeah that's why i asked one time i was like i don't think i don't know if cody like we rib a lot like right 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 we, and so i was like he's like no no and i was like Maybe he doesn't rib because I don't know if he would like, never rib about something like that. Yeah. That would be, cruel. but that's something would have happened to us back in the day. Yeah, yeah those yeah. guys would have done that. Yeah. So I mean, that's where my that's where you started. Head yeah. goes right away, and so then I was like speechless. And but the reason why I probably didn't act like I would have in my head, where I'd be like, yeah, and like, but, but in real life, I was cool. like, yeah, I was trying to be all cool, but I was also like, oh my god. And that's when, like, when they were talking about, like, what do you think Luther wants, like, for his deal? I'm like. A bag of used hockey pucks and a and Eugene Levy T-shirt. Like, what do you got? You don't care. But the point is, you finally got this major contract, and it was yeah. so amazing. But the reason why it was so amazing, not because you deserve it. You deserve it, and you've had so many years, but you got burned so many times. Yep. You know, and that's what we talked about in episode one. The fact that you signed the contract on March 11th, when the world shut down march 12th at midnight yeah was the first time like that lenny Some, lucky lenny <laughs> something was good russia's Lenny was rocky yeah so, it's true so tell us about the the, the burn notices because i remember the maybe your first one but you tell me what your first one was so which one are you thinking you tell me and I'll... mexico okay the mexico thing was because that was about 95 yeah the face of fell but tell that whole story though oh we did on the last one well that was three right. years ago okay no we did not in part one yeah, we talked about the Mexico deal with the pistol fell, and that's when I went. Oh, he thought you were a mechanic. That's right. I mean, I was a mechanic. Mike <laughs> yeah. and the mechanics. Yeah, yeah they're gonna. Yeah, Mike. Well, that was a band, wasn't it? Mike and the mechanics. The living years. Yeah, that's right. So Paco was gonna bring you in. Yes, we talked yeah. about that. And then, uh, and that was. I still would have went if I didn't get the other opportunity to go somewhere else that paid more. Which was. Uh, that's when I went to South Africa. Gotcha. So, so you come back from South Africa, and 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 then FMW was pissed off that I went to South Africa. Why? You'd have been working for WAR at that point. Not the first trip. Oh. Yeah, the first trip I was still technically with them because that's when they were like, stop booking me. And that's when you're like, hey, you want to come here? You mean they, they many, many pissed off? Yeah, many yeah. pissed off. And But then uh, Titans came over. 
Yeah, I like brought there's, Titan there's in some and set, Tacoma and yeah, you. Some yeah, some yeah. FMW guys. Do you remember the call that we... Uh, oh, my, with Adams? Brian Adams? Oh, my God, dude. Tell that story. Okay. Uh, so the late, what, what, the, late, the late Brian Adams yeah, was, well, was amazing at doing imitations. Oh, super good. And he could do Tiger Chung Lee, and he could do Mr. Sato. Sato. Sato is what I was trying to think of, yeah. So and Sato was with us in WA. Sato was like the agent, yeah. right? Like, yeah, he's the guy that had the laugh riot attack because somebody broke their arm. Oh, he was he was really nice this to is, me though. <laughs> what is Brian? Like, this is younger boy. He do a dive out of the ring. He break his arm in two places. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like that stuff. So I get a call and it's Sato or what I think, and he's like, "Hey, we're you're really we're really interested in." having you come over here and we want to pay you like some some big money for his new company for his new company i was like okay like it sounds good and i've dealt with him before and he was he was cool with me but then he's like we want you to stay as like be dr luther but a little bit different and i was like oh like what's that and he's like we want you to wear a dress and i was like what and he's like we want you to wear a dress and so i was thinking about this i was like wear a dress and, he's, and I, so then I was like, and Marilyn Manson was big then, and he kind of dressed like, yeah, he wore, dress. wore dresses and stuff. So I was like, Cobain. yeah. So I was like, like a Marilyn Manson, kind of like a more gothy looking, like just kind of still like a guy, but kind of strange or whatever. And they're like, he's like, and I'm not going to imitate it because I can't do it. But he's like, no, like a no, like a girl, <laughs> like, like a dress with flowers. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, huh? As Doctor Luther? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, huh. But the money sounded really good. But then I was like, can I think about it? And they're like, he's like, well, we need to really. We, like, it's we a one need time only offer. You must tell me now. Yeah. And I was like, and so, but I stuck to my guns. I was like, I, I don't know. I got to think about it. I was like, and then so I said again, I was like, if I could do like a Marilyn Manson thing, maybe. And they're like, he's like, no, like it just a dress. But as Dr. Lee, I was like, oh. And I was like, I'll think about it and get back to you. And then. I didn't get back to him, but then you called me like a day or two later, and you're like, "Hey, what's up?" Because we used to talk all, all like, the time. All yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, neither of us were married. And, yeah. And, like you know. And this is pre-texting emails. Yeah, if you want no to talk to somebody, you gotta talk. Yeah. But and we talked a lot, and so you're like, "Hey, so what's up?" And it's like, "Oh, nothing." And then, because <laughs> <laughs> I never said it. That's <laughs> no, typical no. me, right? Like. No, but here, there, this, here's what I remember. Because the reason, the reason why I know this, because I was with Brian Adams. Yeah. Because he had gotten bent. You called. And you're trying to get it out of me. <laughs> hey, how's your burger? Why don't you take a bite of your burger? Yeah. You're like, what's up? I was like, nothing. And you're like, are you sure? Like, you get really? any calls at all? Yeah, that's what you said. You're like, <laughs> have you been worse. talking to people? I was like, what? <laughs> and you're like, are you in any wrestling? I was like, well, just you know, some local stuff or whatever. Because at the time I was in Vancouver, and you were. Elsewhere. Yeah, you were yeah. elsewhere. And you're like, you're in WCW, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, you're like, so no one's been calling you. And then I was like, why would you be asking? <laughs> like, it was just Well, the weird. first one he called, because I orchestrated this, because he had gotten Benoit with Tiger Chung Lee. Because Tiger's- didn't, like, you, didn't he call Bret Hart? He did Bret Hart, too, yeah. as Tiger as well. But he, he the first time he called you as Sato- I had him say, if you're if you're just ready, call me at three five two two five And you actually said Sato called me, but I his number didn't work. And I said, Well that's crazy. Maybe he'll call you back. Call him back. And that's when you went into Lenny no cell mode. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> because Sato had called me before, sure, sure. you know, so that's why I was like, oh, and it sounded just like him. But let, but let's talk about this. So, so you, this was just the rib. But so, if you're talking about American companies at the time, ECW, WCW, and WWE, I wrestled all of them. So, tell us about each one. ECW, what happened? So, ECW, I went there. This is the original with Paul Heyman, yep. ECW Arena, that time. Yeah. So I went to have like my tryout or whatever you want to call it. I had a couple matches there. Uh, flew out and um, I thought they went really good. He said they went really Who'd good. Who did you wrestle with? I wrestled. Um, He's not going to tell you the truth. Well, I wrestled Mike Awesome right. one match, which we've wrestled a million times before. So yeah. I know that match went yeah, good. Yeah. And then I wrestled. Um, uh, he was George Dumblebee. No, Dave. I'm just drawing a blank on the name right now. All right, wrestle somebody else. It was the, from the um, Fantastics. Uh, Tommy Rogers. Tommy Rogers. Well, he was a pretty good one. I almost was thinking Tommy Dreamer, but it wasn't Tommy right. Dreamer. Uh, Tommy. Yeah, Roger Daltrey. I think his name was. I wrestled Roger Daltrey. Yeah. <laughs> so you wrestled Tommy, but how'd that go? Because he was great. Uh, it was good. I thought it went good. It was just you know the the classic when you go into a, a arena and no one knows who you are. Right. But you know, I try, I got heat or whatever, or tried to get his best. You there as Luther? Yep. With the gimmick? With my whole like devil weird. So what happened with that then? So I wrestled, do the matches. They said they're really good. He, you know, pays me a little bit, and he's like, yeah, I just, you know, right now we're having. He he was pretty upfront. He's like, we're having like money issues right now. We can't really. I can't bring you in. I think, honestly, um, not to be a dick, but there was something on there. Did I did you use points to get there or frequent flyers? Yeah, or something? I flew my. Yeah, because yeah. I got you the the addition, and you yeah. flew yourself there. Yeah. So he couldn't afford to fly yeah, you from the West bring Coast. Bring me in, right? and then he's like, and I was like, well, I can move and stuff, like, because I have no problems with right. that stuff. And he was just like, like, we just can't afford, like, I couldn't pay very well yeah. or whatever, because like a couple of the guys were like Mike was there and stuff, but he was working for like nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And I couldn't work for nothing. Of course, you know I needed you to make, make some money. money. You know, so, so that was ECW. Then so I was easy. So I think I probably would have got a job there if, if you lived you in know. like freaking you know uh, Philly. Yeah, you would have been there. I think so. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, let's talk about what happened with WCW, and we'll do that. But first, another friendly reminder from our friends at NHTSA. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel tempted to try and sneak across the tracks, but don't do that ever, please. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are. But remember, they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. That's one mile to stop. Think about how long that is. By that time, it's too late, and the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly, even if it sees you. It can still end in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Because trains can't. So then what happened um, with WCW? So then WCW, I go. Well, and um, I think it went, it went so-so. I mean, I... Like, so tell the story. Is that in Kelowna or something? I wrestled. Yeah, it was Kelowna. Well, I did a couple shows, but then I was like... They, you know how they have you sometimes as like security guys yeah. or whatever, like back you know backstage talent or whatever. So it was cool. I mean, you still you still can make a payday. But um, then I'm wrestling in Kelowna against Vampiro, and so I talked to him the day before, and he was 
not super cool. He's not cool. Um, he was pretty drugged out, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I'm not a drug counselor, but <laughs> obviously, well, maybe you but should be. I should be, but I don't know. I, and I even was super nice. I was like, hey, we, you know, we've wrestled the same because he wrestled in WR. Hey, we've worked for the same companies in Japan, and just wanted to say hi because we're working tomorrow or whatever. And I always feel like I get along with people in the dress room. Like I talk. You're to a everybody. get along guy. Yeah. And he's just being a dick. Like, and what's then, he saying? Like he didn't like you. And so it's I, me. I noticed a couple people, people that had heat with you, then had heat with right, me right, right, right off the bat. And I was like, whatever, dude. So we go over the match, and then um, is this a tryout match? Is it a dark match? Is it on TV? It's on TV. It you was were the on- very last worldwide. Okay, right on. Yeah. So we go out and we have all this stuff, but then he's like kind of no selling my shit. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm selling all his stuff, and then uh, time for me to do stuff. And he's like, "No, we got to take it home." And I was like, "I wish you would have choked him out like he did I was later." Like, You're an idiot. But then that day before, he comes up to me actually before the matches, and he's like, "Hey, I just want to apologize. Like, I didn't know who you were yesterday." And then people were telling me, and like, "Yeah, you were like big in Japan," and then like, just you know, sorry for how I acted. I was like, blah blah blah. I was like, well, "You're you're yeah. a dick. I don't really care about." Yeah. So that's how that went. But then they said, oh, yeah, you, you did really good. And um, we are looking to maybe offer you a contract or whatever. And I was like, holy shoot, that's really cool. And then it turns out they're like. This is, this, tell us, this is Terry Taylor, right? Mm-hmm. And another guy that I couldn't tell you. Right. So tell the, tell the Terry Taylor yep. has the contract. And he kind of also kind of knew me from before because when in WBF when I went, he would have been there when I first got my offer to come and try out there at that time too. We forgot about WWE. That was it before. Yeah. So that went before. So I think he, that was a carryover or whatever too. And so then they're talking about the deal, which sounded really awesome. What was the deal? Uh, it was like three years and... For what? One, I want to say like 130 and then like <laughs> 210 and then three... So, like it was insane. Yeah, it was crazy. It was awesome money. Um, but... WCW is throwing yeah, exactly. money around big time. And I was just like, holy, sh-. like, that's game changer, right? Mm-hmm. Even to, to this day, Stan, sure. that's like crazy yeah. good. And so I was like, awesome. So then they're talking about like, oh, your, your work for, I was like, oh, I don't, I was still living in Canada at the time. And I was like, oh, I don't have a work program. I'm, I'm, and they're like, what? And I was like, at the time, my girlfriend was from America who, you know, I was like, well, my girlfriend's American. They're like, oh, you're not married. Like, you should marry her. I was like, uh, like, I don't want to do that just to get right. there. And that even that takes time. Like, they just don't give it to you. Right? So then I was like, well, I don't have a thing. And so they start to pull this paper back that was on the ground. Paper's on the table. Yeah. And he's pulling it back. Well, everything is pulled back. And then this other guy, like, he's, he's the one that has a brief. I don't even know. I don't remember who he was. He must have been, like, the actual lawyer dude. or something. Yeah. And then I was like, and then he said, well, we'll tell you something we're not really supposed to, we're not telling people, but um, we're, we're not signing people we have to get permits for because we're actually going at a bit, like we're selling, right? you know? And so I knew they were selling to WWE before because he just basically told me that. So if I would have had my American visa at the time, then I would have got signed, but I didn't yet. I didn't get a work permit until like a couple of years later. So tell us about the WWE one. Because let me tell you a little story about that. When I first signed with WWE, which was August of 99, 
And I, I think back on it now, like, what the f- who? Like, I was like, hey, hey, Vince, I got this other guy. And like, I've been there for like two months. I remember, I remember talking to him at the Target Center in Minneapolis, which was like a month after I signed. Said, I got this other guy, and you should take a look at him. And I remember saying, was he a good person? And I'm like, he's a great guy. He's like, that's all we care about here is good people. I'm thinking back now, I was like, whatever. <laughs> but I, you and I, made a highlight tape you made well i ma- i made one and then you remade it but how like this is old school vhs yeah and i remember it was to the call of cthulhu metallica, from metallica yeah. and it was a really cool video and i remember I, I, I took it to an editing place like i'm not an editor at all and we put this together and think listen obviously we're best buds but what the fuck was i thinking i'm not even over i'm a nobody and all i'm caring about is trying to get my friend in and they hated me at this point in time. You had no chance of getting in because I was so hated. But I was just thinking, well, you bring in guys that deserve to get a chance. So I made this video and I gave it to whoever, Bruce Pritchard, whatever. And then they flew you in for a tryout? Well, so what happened was, though, I had sent a video in myself, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I made one. But I made mine more. So you made that one, like, Japan style, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So... I made one that was more almost like a snuff porn film. <laughs> so and it was it, like it signed. Well, so like it has me tied up, hanging with like <laughs> uh, electrical tape all over everything, and then I have like girls and like leather, like running what around. What girls do you know that wore leather? Well, I had a couple like uh, friends, friends, and then. <laughs> I had like Lonnie was in it and so this girl's like walking around whipping and like Lonnie's in like a wife beater with a tennis ball in his mouth taped in his mouth tied to a chair like just dumb stuff for like him dancing it was really weird so anyways when I ended up going to Titan Towers when I got flown in I was there they flew into Titan Towers yeah so I was there for like a week the first what? first trip well I don't know I know nothing about this tell me the story okay, well so I'll get I'll get into that but it, it, when I when I'm there, we go up. Sta- you go upstairs to the um, cafeteria, right? Mm-hmm. So I go up to the cafeteria, and I don't know anybody there, like, at all. So I'm upstairs, and I'm waiting in line. And this guy comes up to me, and he's like, "Hey, are you Dr. Luther?" And I was like, kind of, you know, a little marked out. I was like, "Yeah." And it was Kevin Kelly, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I I thought so." Um, I just want to say, like, we got your your promo tape in here a while ago. And I don't know this guy. So I know it's not a rip because no one knows who right. I am or whatever. And he goes, I got to say, like, that was, like, the best promo tape we've ever got. And he goes, I've had nightmares about that for, like, a couple months. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so different. Right, right, right. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Because in, in between clips of, like, this snuff porno stuff, I'd put action shot or action videos of me doing stuff in the ring. Right. And it was, like, completely different. Uh, yeah, so I got flowing out there, stayed for a week, had some bunch of matches. Like at the training center there? Mm-hmm. Who was down there? Like, who's the teachers? Pritchard was gotcha. there. Yeah. So I think there's, like, eight guys or something like that. And I would say four of them were good. good yeah. And then four were I don't know why they were there. I remember this now, yeah. They were terrible. And you had to work with those guys. And, yeah. And so, yeah, it was bad. Like, basically, when they were in there, like, a couple of them, we had to, like, do matches. And, like, I remember two matches 
the guys were in there and were so bad, Pritchard would stop them. And Pritchard had to call their stuff for them as they were doing it, mm. like himself. And I was right. like, why are you here if you have to have that done? Um, so he liked my matches. I got good reviews because he would watch videotape and then review everything. So I got good reviews on mine, but I have like just working totally broomsticks, you know, they were, right, were right, not right, good. Right. And uh, then we had to do promo stuff. I remember I cut up one of my promos was on you because they, mm. they told me, like, pick some in there. So I picked you. And my promos, I thought, were pretty good because I hadn't – they don't give you really time to, like, write anything out. Like, it's sort of, Just like, it, right yeah. there. And then it's like, hey, do a 30-second, do a one-minute. Those are easy. But then, like, one of them was like, do a five-minute. And I was like, who does a five-minute promo? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. But I got through it. It was cool. That was the one I was talking about you, and I just went into talking about like doing tour, like try, like it, it, it turns into almost storytelling sure, at that point. So, and the other guys, their their promos were uh, Vince, I'll wash your car, or like I'll mow your lives. Like so, your your whole promo is you're begging, right? You know, so it's like, huh. so he's like, oh, all these promos are the shits and blah blah blah, and then he comes back the next day, and this is one thing that I still remember. I'm kind of proud of because. I rewatched everyone's promos. I got to change my mind. Like this, Lenny's promos were were really, really good. Like um, they were so bad all day. I just lumped them all in together until mm-hmm. I watched them. And he's like, "You stayed in character the whole time," and they were awesome. So I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So what did that lead so, to? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so why? But it kind of uh, my my name was kicked around a couple times. Well, I had some dark. I had some dark matches. Yeah, the dark, ma- yeah, dark matches. In Vancouver, I know that. Just Joe. Which was a bomb. Um, he he sandbagged I never want to say something. I'll say it. He sandbagged you. Yeah, it wasn't good. He actually, when they were in the back, like, started to give us trouble, he actually, he did take the blame. He said it was him. But here's, I never told you this, but from what but, I recall, Bruce Pritchard said, like, we love him, we're going to sign him, we just want to watch him in his match. And when it was done, it was never spoke of again. Yeah. From what I recall, like that match did not go good, and they just can forget it, blaming you because he was under contract. Is like, I was there for every spot, dude. Like I didn't. No, it wasn't. Nick, it wasn't you. Yeah, it was him. Um, and actually, Joe is cool because Joe actually said the truth. Like said I screwed up or whatever. Like it was, it was. But me, so it was but, after that match. Were you ever called again? Um, no. But I heard that I was still on their radar because I was told from a couple people a few different things. I was told that I was going to be, they were thinking of putting me in a tag team with a guy named Gangrel, you know Gangrel, because they said we both kind of looked alike, which I actually to this day still get people. They thought you were Gangrel Gangrel when when you first showed up, yeah. It was Gangrel and Billy Corgan. (laughs) Yeah. Giant uh, Billy Corgan. um, So there was talk about me and him doing the brood thing, and then I lost that job out to two of our friends instead. Oh yeah, right. um, those two young upstarts. Uh, but there was the guy from Minnesota, and that, and then, and so then the second second thing that I was kind of kicked around about was Don's group. The oh, with the, the oddballs. Yeah, um, but Are they then the oddballs, oddities. <laughs> Should have been the oddballs. That would have been better. <laughs> um, but then they put like more guys that were already in their group right. that weren't getting over into there, and so I kind of lost lost out on that. And then they were, I was told when I did the WRP thing that they were wanting to put me in some guy they were wanting to to work with from Minnesota, but wanted to try him out. And they and I was told that my name was really high up on their stuff, so I'm always was on their radar. 
And then this guy, I guess, shit the bed so bad after a couple of times, they just scrapped the whole thing. And then that was, that was it. And then you're, so, we talked about this, you're going to do something with impact with your impact, but then I tore my tricep. So uh, you became kind of like the lonesome loser, like pig pen yeah. with the rain falling, but that's totally. all gone now. Yeah. And that's, that's like the best story of redemption. Like, I love that story, you know? It's the kind of almost, like, I, I don't know, like Rocky story or what? I don't even know what you'd say. Like, But just, here's the thing, too, is that now that you're in AEW, everyone looks up to you because they realize right away this guy's. I don't like think MG, that. Well, MJF won't leave you alone. He's like, oh, he's Lenny's, awesome. Though. Lenny said he's going to do the Claudia. I'm like, Lenny's got a five-minute squash. He's going to beat the shit out of the guy. He's probably not going to do any comedy. But if he's here for another month, he will do the claw for you. Whatever. I will. Is. Because I, I do like doing comedy, and you always tell me, don't do comedy. Well, not now. No. My point is, it's like, you know, don't put a pile on your head and act like a witch at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but when the, I popped when the time is right, you can So my point is, though, now that you have this 33-year career, and now you're here in AW, and maybe two months ago or three months ago, maybe they didn't know you, but now guys like Dustin Rhodes, one of the most experienced guys, is one of your biggest fans. Awesome, and, dude. you know, Tony Khan knew nothing about you and Cody Rhodes who appreciate your attitude and QT and MJF and all these guys watching your matches going, this guy's really good. And it's like, we know that's redemption for you. That must feel pretty cool. My thing, like I said the other day is like, I, I felt like everything's been, you know, pretty good. I just, you know, a little rusty because especially after, you know, taking a little time off here because of everything, I was like, if it's pretty good now rusty as like just wait until i get back in my yeah. like groove groove you're gonna see yeah. for real i mean dude i did a top rope helo to the outside like it's great at my age and size it's pretty at your, good at your advanced experience yeah um and i was pretty proud that i did that like no it, no problem all the stuff you've been doing you invented you know? a new move tonight i've never seen before which is great um last story because they're all waiting for us downstairs to go drink the white cloths uh, that's nothing too. Our company is so much camaraderie. Like people hang out, they want. Like to. I said before, love it. Everybody's so great. Last story. Tell it. Uh, tell it. Uh, 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 not quickly, but tell it succinctly. Rapungi. Uh, <laughs> Which <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to pull a Martin short as uh, as David Susskind or David Steinberg. Rapungi. Doctor Luther. Chris Jericho. Christopher Lloyd. Oh, go. Geez. Okay, so um, we're in Rapungi. It's a big party area in Tokyo. Big party area. So Christopher Lloyd comes in there. This is Doc Emmett Brown. Party. But see, everybody's everybody's version of this is different. <laughs> because I don't know if you know this, but like I could throw some drinks down back in the day. <laughs> Best lines, like, we're going uh, from one bar to the other. Uh, can you finish drinking? Get a giant drink. You went, Let's go. <laughs> Maybe you slammed it but down. But I do that all the time, like no problem. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd get super loaded ski. <laughs> and then puke into a pizza, what is it called? Pringles can. That was on the way back to the airport. So, I was so, that was when they were like, he sh we shall not work together again. <laughs> so go back to Rapungi. We go to Rapungi. Uh and I oh, didn't I also throw up in front of some Brazilian models one time? <laughs> it was the same night. I've got pictures of it. <laughs> you were passed out in front of the bar. And I was making fun of you in front of him, and all of a sudden I was just like, oh. <laughs> he's puking, he's puking, he's puking. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> so let's go back to the Christopher Oh, my Lord. God. We were, we were terrible. Oh, oh. 
You, me, Christopher Lloyd, Rapunky, do tell. So we're in the bar, and Christopher Lloyd comes in. I remember he, he's over on the side. We're like, we're like, holy shit, is that Christopher Lloyd? Yeah, and um, I remember. See, I remember too. He was trying to like want to pick up girls or something. Of course I was he like, was. And I was like, oh, we we picked. And then so are we? Yeah, so are we. And so, but then I wanted to get. I was like, we got to get a present for long. Like, my brother's an actor, right. right? So I thought it was his birthday coming up. What's <laughs> I want to get a, a present. And so <laughs> I was so drunk. I thought if I could get Christopher Lloyd's driver's license. You pickpocketed that, Christopher Lloyd. I didn't, though. You did? You well, pickpocketed him. I got his like license. a piece of paper. You still pulled the piece of paper, which was a laundry from the hotel, out of his pocket. That's pickpocketing. Pickpocketing uh, doesn't tell you what I you wasn't picked very good at out it. of the pocket. You picked something out of his pocket. Went, Look what I got. And it was like, it's a fucking laundry See, I've never done anything like that before, so I wasn't very good. <laughs> but like, what goes through my mind thinking, I got to get this guy's driver's license. I know. <laughs> so you go pickpocket. You come but anyways, with a laundry receipt. <clears throat> I go back and then we end up talking and the dude like likes me like totally like I don't know talks a lot and then we're talking and then you then you came over I came back I came over but I'm like, you wanted him to do imitations well because I'm an idiot I, I see Titan's, Titan 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 standing dude Titan was burning his jacket behind him with a cigarette and I was like Titan was doing? burning his jacket well so what's worse burning someone's jacket or pickpocketing them. I think Bernie is jagged. <laughs> so, but I go over like, okay, well, if Lenny's talking to him, like he's really gonna love me because Lenny's a you know, he's an idiot. And I go over them like, hey, hey, uh, hey, Marty, can you take it to eighty-eight point eight gigawatts? And I'm thinking, and then I look back now. How many assholes go up to Christopher Lloyd and imitate Doctor Brown? A bunch of people in the bar were doing. And he it. goes, oh, by the way, that's a terrible imitation, and it's one point two one gigawatts. And he turns his back, and I'm like. And meanwhile, you're just right in there. It's like the hottest chick in the bar except for Christopher Lloyd, and all he wants to do is talk to you. And he actually did a Jim Agatowski imitation for me when I – he ended up doing that. <laughs> Sorry, booby. And then uh, we went out because I was like, hey, you got to – can you call my brother? <laughs> so he was like, okay. And this is no cell phones. <laughs> this is telephone cards, the payphone. You guys have to go inside it. So we went. We That's walked, so he like, loved you. We walked three blocks. I could not find an international phone. So I find a domestic phone because they have different ones right. there. And so I pick up the domestic phone. I was like, can you please pass me through to international calling? And they're like, we don't do that. I was like, this is an emergency. I got I, Christopher Lloyd here. I need to, this. I actually kept saying, like, it's an emergency. You need to call this number international. And she, they eventually patched me through. And it was like a big thing. <laughs> patched me through. Like, yeah. Christopher Lloyd. Oh, see myself, Christopher Lloyd. And then, uh, so they call. And then stupid Lonnie doesn't answer his phone. So it just goes to answer machine. So anyways, but Christopher Lloyd gives, gives me his number, right? So he writes his number down. And I'm thinking, oh, this has got to be a bullshit number or whatever. And we're leaving to come back. Okay, so hold on. You come back and I'm like, where's Christopher Lloyd? Because you just split from the bar. And I think that was the night with the Brazilian models or maybe whatever. There was girls there. And, and I was like, I don't care about the girls. Where's Lenny? And you come back and you're like, yeah, you know, we tried to call Lonnie and... Probably had some dip. He's gone. And I'm like, and you're, and you're such an asshole, too. You're like, oh, well, you know, you know that you got the upper hand. He gave me his number, and there's a piece of paper, and you literally, it's like a little kid. Hello, Chris Jericho. Hello, Dr. Luther. Like, you, you, instead of writing just like Chris, you wrote down Christopher Lloyd, and you wrote down a phone number. Next day, we go to the airport, Narita. 
after you, I'm amalgamating stories. You almost puked in a Pringles can, oh whatever it was. God. I was not good. So we dude. get to the airport and you show me his number. I'm like, call him, dude. See if it's real. We did. We went to a call. But so we we called, but we're like, I don't know why we were no, scared. You called. You were we, scared. Yeah, I was scared shitless. Yeah. So I did a really cheesy German accent, <laughs> 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 which I've never even been to Germany. I don't know even know how to do You're a German going to accent. Germany. So it's the accent. I can't even repeat it. I don't even know. So Hello, it's Christopher Lloyd Dale. Something Dea. like that. And then, but the uh, whoever ever answered it was his uh, maid or something. And she's like, oh, no, he's he's in Japan filming. So, so I was like, this is his actual home number. He gave me his home phone number. <laughs> Just some, <laughs> some dude who was going to help him pick up girls in a bar in Japan. This is like, uh, and this we, we got to end this off. This is like when you met Rob Halford on the street, who also gave you his number for a different reason. Because <laughs> I remember, I remember us sitting at the phone, and you're like, "Oh my god, what happened? He's he's not home. His mate says he's in Japan." We're like, "Yes, he gave me his number." Yeah, and, and then of I, course, so I gave that to Lonnie for his birthday, <laughs> <laughs> and he never called him. And, and the rest that, is history. <laughs> And on that note, we shan't work together again except for here in AW. And then we'll do another one of these. <laughs> There's 20 more. <laughs>